And at the last second, he told me on the sidelines that he saw my white glove at the corner of his eye. And I uh, I get in there for the tug. So, and when he said that, I was, I looked over to the other side and I saw the TCU had on white gloves too. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know about it. I don't know if we can trust that yeah, one. Right. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Sooner fans? This is your host, Jeremiah Hall, number 27 on the field, but number one in your hearts. I am here with my right hand man, number nine on the field, my co-host, Braden Willis. And this is the podcast on the prairie. Braden. What's good, my man? What's good, my boy? Coming off a of W, bro. I feel uh I feel, pretty feel great, good. huh? Yeah, man. Of course. I can't complain, bro. Life's seven good, and oh. You know? Seven and oh. Love it, man. I cannot complain, brother. You know, I, agree. I had my family come up this weekend. I had uh my grandpa, you know, he hasn't he hasn't came to a game in about two years because of COVID and all that type of stuff. So it was good to see him. Man, my uncle came, my mom came, uh, my cousin from San Francisco. It was her first time coming to a to a sooner football game. So it, it was a good time this weekend. You know, we had breakfast yeah. and everything this morning so uh quality time and then i got a good yeah. nap in so I'm, I'm refreshed bro i i got a lot of energy for this episode you know what i'm saying kind of bringing back the energy you know last week you know you're kind of you know what i'm saying the voice is still kind of gone and everything bringing back the energy a little bit yeah bro i feel I good it. i feel good this episode sooner nation is gonna get the best out of me on this one i promise yes you that. sir 100 percent. now i did see your i did see your people up there in the stands like on the front row yeah, um, yeah. I saw I saw all of them. I don't know if they saw me. I waved to them. I don't think they're looking. They're probably looking at you. So you know. <laughs> but just know I, I did wave. <laughs> bro, if it makes you feel any better, bro, my grandpa loves watching you play. Like he Shout he enjoys, out. especially since we started the podcast. He he enjoys watching you just as much as he enjoys watching me. Oh man, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I appreciate that. Hey, oh, next time I got to go up and dap them up or, you know, some, you know, we were on yeah. the field at that time. We we're doing pat and go. So, I, you know, yeah. I didn't want to be like that. You know, I probably would have got yeah. it. We probably would have got chewed out by boss, man. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my grandpa and my uncle, he uh, they got the royal treatment this past game. You know, my grandpa, he just got a hip replacement. So he didn't oh, yeah? go up into the stands. He came down the tunnel and then walked oh, on wow. the field. Yeah. He oh, walked man. on the field and then walked onto the the wheelchair seats, you know, where they sit right there, the accessible, you know, that type of stuff because he's a handicap. So he, uh, well, yeah, rolling out the red carpet for the captain's parents, huh? Right. Grandparents, parents, everybody. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. Shout out to the, shout out to the granddad. Man. Oh, another thing I saw this weekend your, uh, your family's poster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got a couple funny stories about that. So, um, obviously, my my family made a poster. My little sister made it, so shout out little sis. But she made two of them, right? So the first one she left in the indoor facility, so we might see it one day at practice, <laughs> uh, <laughs> laying to the side. She left it in there, so she had to make a whole new poster, like on the spot. So that poster that y'all saw, that was on the spot poster. So it was pretty oh. good for on the spot. But um, she made that. And then 
And then I think um, my uncle had the poster all game long, right? And he wasn't getting any love on like the big screen. He wasn't getting any love on TV or nothing. As soon as my sister uh, and uh, my cousin's girlfriend holds the uh, holds the poster up, boom, big screen immediately. So I thought that was pretty funny. They weren't giving love to the, you know, the, the big old guy, but they wanted to give it to the ladies, you know. Honestly, bro, I didn't even know until after the game where somebody came up to me and was like, yo, did you see it? Did you see your poster? Like somebody brought one into the stadium. I was like, huh? <laughs> I felt so loved, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, when people come up to me and say that they listen to our podcast or watch it on YouTube, that just fills my heart with so much joy, man. I'd much rather hear that than somebody tell me good game, honestly. Man, I was, you know, it's funny. And it was funny because I realized that on the field that the poster was like that they had brought the poster in there. They said, um, because I saw it during the walk, the walk of champions, everything like that. But I had, I I was, we were actually in a huddle at one point or something like that. Someone, I can't remember who it might have been, Spence told me, Dang, be you got fans? And I like, wait, what are you talking about? He's like, they said that they had a sign that said they listened to your podcast. I was like, for real? I was like, who was it? I was like, I'm not gonna lie, bro. That probably was my family. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so did they but, leave the first one just in the indoor by accident when they got the tickets? Yeah, so when they got the tickets, I guess they set it down to get in, probably just forgot it. So yeah, yeah. It's still laying in the indoor uh-huh. unless someone picked it up or you know, they threw it away or whatever the case might be. So Shout out to the family, man. Shout out to the family. Yeah, man. Moving on to around the world in college football, man. Iowa goes down to Purdue 24 to 7. I heard a kid by the name of uh, David Bell, 240 yards on 11 catches. What? Yeah, man, that's what? wild. I mean, and just thinking about, you know, what Iowa's defense, the stats that they have put up, I mean, I may be wrong, but I think they had like 15 uh, interceptions in the last six games or whatever the case may be. So for him to go and, you know, put up 240 on 11 catches, that's ridiculous, man. So uh, shout out Purdue. They play really well. Not That was a convincing win, too. That wasn't just yeah. a, you know, squeak by. That was a convincing win. So, yeah. shout out Purdue, man. I know, right? Shout out to those boys, like you said. So, next game. I thought this was really crazy. Ole Miss beats Tennessee. But that's, that's not the crazy part. Tennessee starts throwing beer bottles and bananas, mustard, golf balls. Everything. What? Golf what? balls. What is up with that? I don't know, man. That, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's a tradition out there. Nah, I'm just playing, but it, it can't be because you know I've never seen it before. But man, that's wild! Like a whole golf ball. Now, my my question is, my biggest question from that game is, who brings a golf ball in a football stadium? You know what I'm saying? Like oh, you just have that know. on hand. You know, like you just had that in your pocket. Like, who brings a bottle of mustard into a football stadium? I could see that, though, because, I mean, Whoa. what if you get a hot dog and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, come on now. I could see that. A corny dog. I mean, you like. You grab a whole bottle? Hey, you never know how much mustard you're going to need. I could see that one, though. Oh. I could see that one. I can't see a golf ball. Here's here's my hypothesis, right? I think <laughs> that some dumb student, right, everybody started throwing stuff, and the student was like, oh, I have a brilliant idea. I think one of the students went all the way back to the concessions, 
grabbed the bottle, and then ran back into the stadium just to throw it on the field. Oh, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I think I that's not more realistic. I, I definitely agree. I'm just saying there's the the throwing of the mustard bottle is reasonable. Not reasonable. Not reasonable. Yeah. Not reasonable at all. Yeah, not, but not I can see it because, you know, there's mustard in a stadium. But the golf ball, where's the golf ball coming from? Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. Sooner Nation, if it's one thing that we do not do is throw any type of objects onto the stadium. This is not Texas Tech. <laughs> <laughs> we are not throwing batteries and we are not throwing tortillas on the field. I'd much rather you go back to the booze than to start throwing stuff on the field. <laughs> no, section, no, you heard no, it here no first. Half-eating hot dogs. I remember dodging <laughs> half-eating hot dogs in Lubbock. So, yeah. All right, man. That's a... I don't, I don't know. Whoa. Matter of fact, my last thing on this game. What's crazy is they were just talking about how it's one of the best places to play in college football on Twitter. Because, you know, they just made that little voiceover from Ty Darlington and Baker not too yep. long ago, and then they just used it again for recruiting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very hypocritical. Yeah. Anyways, LSU beats Florida 49-42. to 42, But today, I think it was, LSU announces – uh, the Ed Oregon, this will be his last season as the head coach. Right after winning the Natty, bro. Like, this man just won a national championship like 15 months ago. That's just what happens when you win a Natty, man. High expectations. They had to, you know, rebuild a little bit. And that's just it is what it is, you know. it's They got to get someone else in there and have a fresh new start, I feel like. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but, but did they wait? But they just beat Florida, though, so that was kind of weird. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't know. I've never seen a coach get fired off of a win. Off of a win. That's what that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's and, the part of the and uh, Florida was ranked. Florida was ranked like twentieth. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's some. I saw uh, on the athletic. I think it was today. I'm not subscribed and I don't pay, so I just saw the headline. But it <laughs> it says something. <laughs> it says something along the lines of like. Ed Oregon isn't himself anymore, or there's problems off the field, or or something like that. Honestly, bro, they worded it in a way that he was a player and was getting suspended, and like he was entering the transfer portal. Yeah, like, like what? <laughs> like what? Like I, I don't know. On the bright side, no though, idea. he still gets his seventeen million dollar payout, so I don't think he's too upset. Can't be. I mean, he's being he's getting you know taken care of regardless. So yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> He'll be man. Moving on to our TCU recap. All right. So, yo, I think uh I think the offense started pretty well. Yeah. You know, two touchdowns right out the gate, you know. Shout out to that boy number 26 on the first one and uh number 27 on the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. We almost missed you. We almost missed you on that. I know. Yo, all right, let me tell you, let me tell you about that play, right? Sooner Break Nation. For me. All week. Well, I can't really tell you what I was supposed to do because we're not allowed to talk about game plan. But I can say the play wasn't supposed to turn out that way, right? Like in practice, I wasn't scoring on that play all of practice. However, there was an opportunity for me to get in position to score. And so me being the veteran that I am, I was like, you know, the middle of the field is wide open. And we're just going to ride out the middle of the field. So the thing is, though, Caleb, 
he took his eyes off of me because, like I said before, that wasn't what we practiced. But I started waving my hands, and at the last second, he told me on the sidelines that he saw my white glove at the corner of his eye. So he comes back to me, sees me wide open, darts that thing above the safety, and I uh, I get in there for the tug. So that's the story on that one. Well, I'm glad that he knew it was your white glove because when I, I actually did hear him say that, and when he said that, I was, I looked over to the other side and I saw that you had on white gloves too, or a couple of them did, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know about it. I don't know if we can trust that one anymore. You know, bro. But nah, it was that, a great play, though. That, that's his story, and he's probably sticking to it. <laughs> All right, I Good love it. Hey, he just knew it was you, man. He just knew it was you. He saw the OU on the glove or something. I don't know on the little yeah. hand part, you know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just glad I got another tug. <laughs> man, you so racking them up. Yeah, hey, bro. I'm I'm at I think that was number four. So Sooners go up 14 to 0. And then uh let's see. Gabe, I think, kicks us. how long was his field goal? I, I know no he clue. missed one. What did he miss one and then make one? Or did he make one and then miss one? Yeah, he uh he he missed one at the beginning of the game because we would have went up, what, 17 to 7, maybe? Yeah. yeah, Something like that. Yeah, so TD, uh, I know the score was somewhere around 17 to 4. And then uh, Jaden gets a touchdown right before the half, right? So at halftime, we're 24-14. And, um, you know, guys, I think we were, what, 4 for 6? Four for six going um, into halftime. Going into the half for the offense, we had two touchdowns, one field goal, one missed field goal, and a punt. Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, a field goal, missed field goal, and a punt. So going into the half, you know, I had to talk to Braden about this, right? Because as a captain, I'm like, man, I feel like I got to motivate these guys because I don't know. It just felt like the energy was off. But I think, honestly, I felt like, I didn't have any expectations that it was going to be a blowout, but I just felt like the separation should have been a little bit better. And so I was going to get on to my guys a little bit, and then I had to talk to Braden, and Braden was just telling me, you know, besides the missed field goal, we we pretty much went five for six, you know. So I couldn't be, I couldn't be too upset at the offense, you know. But I just wanted to make sure we were we were we weren't comfortable, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I, I think it's it. It's a, here's the deal. It did feel a little bit different. I mean, and that's the thing about you know college football is every game is different. Coming off the game last week where the tempo was extremely high, and we were having to go back to back, you know, getting scores and stuff like that. It did seem like we we're a little lackadaisical, a little bit like uh, behind schedule or whatever. But we look up. I mean, twenty four is not bad going into halftime. Obviously, we would love to do a whole lot better, you know, but. You know, it, it happens like that sometimes. So 24 isn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. From an offense perspective, I think we were doing pretty good. Um, from a defense perspective, you know, obviously we can't really talk about those guys too much because we aren't, you guys know, we aren't defensive players. So I, I don't really know what their scheme is most well, of the time. Well, I did but... have a tackle this week on punts. So, I mean, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> okay, we, we got to move you to rush or something, huh? Maybe, maybe, I mean, uh, only if the team needs it. You know, sometimes I dabble in, uh, you know, dabble in, the, you know, conversations with Coach Grinch. So, you know, 
th- yeah. he knows just in case I'm there, you know, just if he needs me. Only for emergencies only, you know, obviously. Yeah. From the outside looking in, I can't talk about some things, though, because I did see this on Twitter. You know, Billy was at corner a little bit. Um, we're missing we're missing a few guys back there, you know. Uh, Delarian, he's out. Um, Woody, he's out. Um, who else is out? We got a few guys. Um, we, we just got a few guys out in the secondary right now. So we got guys moving around, stepping up, you know, giving some young guys opportunity. So there's there's obviously a little bit of growing pains right now, but you know, I can't I, I can't really talk much more than that, Brady. Do, is there anything that you notice about our defense? Uh, nah, man. I mean, it, it, it's a part of football. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the whole you know premises of football. You know, they get schemed up just like everybody else gets schemed up. I mean, you know, they TCU does a good job every year of having answers for us. I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those games. You know, I mean, I don't even think that it was just overly bad you know we got to go back in and you know, obviously look at the film and we're going to see what they did well and what they didn't do well but I mean like just like we didn't play well at the beginning of the season everybody is going you know have those games so that's why yeah. it's our job to pick up each other you know and play you know play a complete game as a team yeah you know 14 points given up in the first half isn't too bad either so I can't really we can't really too, be too hard on, any, oh, not on at anybody all, not at all so coming back after halftime, the Jaden Hazelwood show continues. Another touchdown for my boy. More on that a little bit later. One thing I do want to talk about, though, this Deshaun White fumble recovery. Oh, man. Bro, Deshaun. Bro. Test pass. <laughs> I, I just I <laughs> it was a, a trespass to the pylon, but I just know I know that during at the beginning of the play when he when he got the ball, I know in his head he was like, "There is no way I am not scoring this. I am getting in the end zone by all means, <laughs> by all means possible." <laughs> Bro, moment of silence for our boy Deshaun, because, you know, it's just not looking, you know. So just like, like, you know, okay, like I just said, you know, offensive players think they can play defense and defensive players think they can play offense all the time. Like I said, like <laughs> yeah. I was just joking around. I definitely don't think I can play defense. But I was joking around that, you know, I might dabble in defense. No. But all the defensive players that think they can run the ball, it's been a very poor showing this year. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Nick, you know, versus K State versus D White throwing the ball, ch- giving a chest pass to the pylon. I mean, I don't Bro. know, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to work on. We're gonna have to hey. work on some of that in practice. Anytime we get a turnover from now on, get down, get down, <laughs> yeah. get out of bounds, bro. We. Well, the offense will go score. Trust me. We we got you. <laughs> we got y'all. Please, <laughs> Nick. Get down, bro. Deshaun, get <laughs> get out of bounds, bro. Like, oh my gosh. His tweet killed me though. He was he was he was rating himself like on Madden. And he said his agility was a 95, which might be a bit high. His awareness <laughs> is an 83. Uh his finesse moves are 91. That might be a little high too. But he did he did break a few tackles though on the way to the end zone. I will give him that. Power his ball moves. security, though. Oh, his power moves, yes. Power moves is 88. And then his ball security, his, he gave himself a 12. 
<laughs> bro, I honestly, I, I don't even know if I can give him that, bro, because he literally threw the ball. I was getting ready to say 12 might be a little high. Yeah, that might be a it little might generous. Be a little, it might be a little high. It might be a little generous. So you got to get a straight goose egg after that one. <laughs> <laughs> Big zero, boy. Oh, my goodness. Deshaun, if you're listening to this, feel free to come and talk to us about how to hold the football. And maybe, <laughs> just maybe, we'll start talking positive about you on this podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that was uh, all the exciting stuff that happened during the game. Uh, some things we do want to touch on, though. Eric Gray, he got his first uh, first touchdown as a Sooner. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I know that's pretty exciting. I know his family's proud of him. Uh, oh, we're yeah. proud of him, too. Uh, Finished the game, other, sealed the deal. Yeah, sure did. And other news at running back, uh, what's new? Kennedy Brooks rushes for over 150 yards and has a touchdown. Uh, he also He also gets hawked. Ladies and gentlemen, at least he didn't fumble this time. Yeah, definitely true. I mean, um, <laughs> I know he, he I, you know, he just got to get in the lab with Coach Kagans, you know, yeah. do a little work on that. Uh, I mean, hey, I think I should be the last guy to talk. You know what I'm saying? Both of us, we aren't the fastest guys, you know, in the world. So, I mean. You know, yeah. I'm just basically really saving myself. So if I get caught later on this season, you know, I I, I wasn't the one that was dogging KB. That was you. So <laughs> I'm a dog. I don't care. I'm a dog. Him, bro. He's my roommate. I'm a dog until the day I die. <laughs> I don't care. I was clowning him when he got caught. I said, bro, that's two weeks in a row. I was yeah, like, you, you need know, to get in the funny. lab. Um, you know, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, the office alignment. Yeah. He was like, uh. He, get, he went out after we got off the field. He went up to KB. He was like, good job. But I have to say, you are slow. <laughs> I was like, dang. I was like, just good. Straight to the point. <laughs> like, geez. Oh, boy. That boy is ruthless. Just, oh, wow. my goodness. I, I was standing right there, and my jaw dropped. I was like, wow. Hey, you hey. know what? We're going to ride with KB every single time, though. That's my boy. That's yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, hey, that's, that, that's the thing about being family, man. You got to tell each other, some, you know, some hard stuff sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got to break it's the bad right. news sometimes. We're going to get him right in the offseason. <laughs> We're going to make sure his pro day and combine day are, are okay. Wait, what'd you, what'd, you say, what'd you say to him on the sideline? Because I need everybody to hear this. You know, a lot of people like to hear what we say on our sidelines. You told him uh, maybe shouldn't have ate that McDonald's this week or something. Oh, yeah, 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 bro. I'm always clowning him because he's not always eating healthy food. So I'm like, bro, you shouldn't have ate that McDonald's this week. That's why you're slow. <laughs> That's and then, why you oh, got oh, 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 this is, this is exactly what he said right after that. He said, he was like, bro, I ate it before the Texas game, too. And I was like, I did just fine. I was like, yeah, you also got caught that game, too. <laughs> no more oh. McDonald's for KB, hey, please. No more. Yeah, if you work at McDonald's listening to this podcast and you see KB pull up, deny him service. <laughs> Tell Point him to Subway or something. Like, please. Man. Lastly, in our game recap, none other than Superman himself, Caleb Williams. 18 for 23 through the air, 295 yards, four TDs, 66 rushing yards with also a rushing touchdown. That's that's very impressive. Very. 
He had a great game, man. I mean, the most impressive thing to me about his game was he just looked very comfortable, cool, collected, calm while doing it. You know, he never seemed like it was like, you know, being it was too much for him or, you know, yeah. like the lights got to him or anything. He just, and you know, I mean, confident kid. I mean, everybody's confident when they come into college, but at the same time, you know how it is being a freshman quarterback at the same time. So, you know. Yeah, big, big, big uh, props to him for that. One thing I did like as especially as a young guy, you know, he had the confidence every time he came to the sideline, he was talking to his guys. You know, he was talking to the receivers. He was talking to the H-backs. He was talking to the offensive line and he was asking what we saw, what he saw. You know, he was very, if anything, over communicative to the guys around him. And that's typically not something you see until a guy's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, something that me and Braden would typically do, and right. so that that's something that you know I, I I think makes him special, you know, especially as a as a true freshman. Um, no, for sure, for sure. Um, as, lastly, on Caleb, did you see uh Kirk Herbstreet talk about him entering the Heisman race? No, I didn't, but I would love to hear about it. Tell me about it. Yeah, bro. Honestly. Nobody else in college football is really standing out like that for the Heisman. So, I mean, that's very true. I mean, at the same time, you know, it's it's been a weird year. I mean, yeah, a lot of, like our producer, Alex, had told us this reminiscent of the 2007 year. I mean, I was a little bit young to really know, like, kind of what happened to the 2007 football season. But apparently a lot of crazy stuff happened. A lot of crazy stuff is happening this year. Top teams going down back to back, like, so I mean, I can see that a lot of people aren't really, you know, a lot of a lot of Heisman candidates really aren't making that much noise. So I mean, I can see yeah. it. He might sneak. I mean, just like uh, shout out to Rodney, you know, in the proposal. I mean, in the engagement uh, during the game. But I mean, just like Rodney, you know, he crept into the Heisman race. His la- the last like what six games? Yeah, yeah. That is, hey, yeah, yeah. You got a good point. You know, so, I mean, it's it's sort of the same thing, so. That's a very good take. I like that. I do remember Rodney coming back and just exploding onto the scene his last year here and entering that Heisman race. So, we may see something similar with Caleb. Uh, just so you guys know, you will not see him on this podcast anytime soon. Uh, freshmen aren't allowed to do media, so we got to stick no to freshmen. that policy. But uh, you guys will keep hearing from some cool guys on here. But that he is our... Who? I oh, say he said yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, Caleb does send his best regards, guys. He does want to hop on here. But that is our TCU wrap-up. Um, moving on to Kansas. We got, we got them boys coming up this weekend in Kansas. I think the last time we were there, there was like this two-hour rain delay. Yeah. And uh, we ended up sitting in the locker room for, well, not a two-hour, but I don't know. My point it is, is it, was a, it was a rain delay, and yeah, it, I, it sucked. Yeah, I just hope that it's good weather this time. Um, once again, guys, we're recording on a Sunday, so we don't really have too much for you all. But rest assured, Sooner Nation is in good hands with Lincoln Riley at the head of this thing and and Caleb leading us and our defense getting better every single week. So Most that's definitely. all we got on this one. Coming up next, somebody very special, Jaden Hazelwood. Pod on the Prairie family. We are in the heat of college football season right now, and football is probably taking over your life. 
you're watching hours and hours of games on Saturdays and are so focused on our team taking care of the ball that you may start to not be taking care of your own balls. But have no fear because the Performance Package 4.0 from our friends at Manscaped is here and ready for you. Jay, inside this incredible package, you'll find my favorite, the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, boxer briefs that are mighty comfortable, might I add, and a shed travel bag. Brayden, Manscaped is so clutch. You know how clutch I'm talking getting the ball with three minutes and 31 seconds left in the fourth quarter, marching down 80 yards to set up a field goal to win as time expires type of clutch. Uh, Jay, actually, I was more so thinking like lead blocking for your co-host on a reverse on a four yard touchdown type of clutch. You know what? Thanks again for that, by the way. Bro, I always got you. And listeners, Manscaped has you. It's easy to lose control of yourself during this football season, but Manscaped makes sure that your balls are taken care of. And Braden, what is so awesome about the Performance Package 4.0 is that it isn't just for below the belt. The package includes a weed whacker, ear, and nose hair trimmer to make sure you're clean on top as well. Man, our coaches always preach no excuses. Prod on the Prairie family, make sure you, there are no excuses when it comes to your grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code Prairie at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. You can't beat that. Just use the code Prairie. By the way, guys, that is Prairie, P-R-A-I-R-I-E. Join the 2 million men worldwide and your two favorite college football players, which also happen to be your favorite podcast host, by getting the performance package 4.0. That way, when you are at the TV for our team to take care of the ball, you've already taken care of yours. Slime ball. What's good, brother? What's the word? Slime ball. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got this kid on here, man. He's been begging to get on the podcast on the prairie. No, 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 the, the, the funniest thing was Right after he scored his last touchdown, I'm on the podcast on the prairie this week. Yeah. Go to Nation, yo. After, after Jaden scored his third touchdown, right, he literally comes running to the sideline to me and is like, I'm on the podcast this week, right? You got to put me on this week. Bro, we you know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. We know you're busy. Got projects and papers. and Appreciate you, man. For real. For sure, for sure. But we're not going to waste any time, brother. The people want to know, who is Jaden Hazelwood? What you want to talk about? What do you want to tell them? Like, why owe you, you know, your journey from high school? Was there anybody that could that could guard five-star Jaden Hazelwood? Like, what's up? Yeah, man. Uh, nobody could guard me in high school, actually. Yeah, I was that guy, pal. Nobody gave you a, nobody gave you a problem? No, bro. Actually, like, one time, bro, you know, like, on punt, when you got, like, two people out there in front of you, yeah. Mm-hmm. People did that to me in high school sometimes, bro. Oh. It was pretty bad. I, bet, I mean, I, I I done got it a couple times, too. I mean, no big deal. Oh, I was kind of him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, it's besides the point. This is about you. It, today is about me, you know. So we, got, <laughs> <laughs> we know you be on the Randy Moss and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? My fault, my fault, my fault. It's about you. Go ahead. Go ahead. My fault, brother. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. Jaden Hazelwood. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, of course. Um, 12 hours away from home, obviously. Boy, that drive is 12 hours. Flight's two hours. 
But I like the road trip, so it's, you know what I mean? So 12 hours, I'm going to go with that. But, um, yeah, I chose OU because they everybody there is just treat me like family. Uh, I got some family down here. My dad went to OU. Um, he didn't graduate from OU, but uh, he pretty much everyone on his side of the family went to OU and graduated from OU. So it's kind of the DNA, and we got a pretty explosive offense, of course. That's what OU is known for. And I was excited to just be a part of it. Did your dad play any sports here or anything? No, nah, he didn't play any sports at OU. He was just a student, man. He did he did hoop and stuff in high school in Oklahoma and stuff. He told me he was good. I don't know. <laughs> man, I think every dad say that because my dad say the same thing. I ain't seen no Carfax. So I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, need I need to stash you. I need to see it. Like, I mean, you can say how cold you was when I, you know, when I get older, I still got two film, uh, films to show my kids. So, you know, but I ain't, I ain't seen nothing from my dad. Yeah, me neither. I just I'm see just pictures. Saying. Pictures that ain't that ain't telling me nothing. I know you. And I ain't even it. seen pictures. I ain't even seen pictures. Man, <laughs> we we don't want no participation rewards. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Well, Jaden, man. Once again, congrats on your three tuds, right? But what Sooner Nation doesn't know is what happens behind the scenes. So let's let's put it in perspective for everybody, right? Me and Jay, me and um Braden have talked about this basically almost every week until you finally got on the podcast. You playing without the ball, the ball this year has been great, man. You're blocking, you know, Appreciate just being being in the right position at the right time, making sure other guys are eating, and then you finally have your game. You finally have your your breakout game, man. So tell us how does that feel, bro? How does that feel to go from playing your role and doing your job to finally having that success that you wanted? Man, I don't know, man. It's very exciting, man, and just to see what everybody can do on the offense. Uh like I said earlier, man, like you even scoring every game and it's fun. Like I play to win, bro. So if if I can contribute in a different way, then that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not used to losing. Like, even in high school, we won. So, losing that, it really blows me. So, I do anything to win. If I got to block somebody 50 yards down the field, that's what I'm going to do. And I just got a lot of passion for the game, to be honest. That's that's another part of it. You got to really, you gotta really love the game to even play it even when you're not doing as well as you think you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Did you think you were going to walk away with three touchdowns? No, I did not think I was going to get – I knew I was going to at least get one off of uh, the play we put in this week. Uh, I knew I knew if he would have called that, I was going to get a touchdown for sure. But three, nah. But once I got that first one, I was like – I was in my flow state. Like, I, I ain't even know – I was – when B-Will grabbed me, man – I looked the other way. He grabbed me from this side, but I'm like, man. You re- you read my mind because I was just finna say that. My boy didn't want to – Sooner Nation, my boy didn't want to celebrate with me. You know I show love. I know. You do show love. You do show love. And so that's why I'm like, I went up there. You know, I'm on the other side. I'm running from across the end zone. All right, J.D. J.D., he teaming up. You doing this stuff, little slime ball. Yeah. I'm like, okay. He teamed me up a little bit. I go over there. I get on my boy's shoulder. My boy looking the opposite way. I'm like, the cameras is right here, JD. Like, I know. I'm, I'm really upset though because I watched the video, right? And we had a mean photo op, and we missed it. I'm like, dang. I know. I, I know. I blew, I know. It. I blew I know. it. That's on me. That's on me. 
But guess what? Yeah, I kind of I kind of played it off a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You still stand like, all right, well, we just gonna go back over here and we're gonna walk back over there. <laughs> That's how I been feeling sometimes. When Drake Drake kid took that, he run away from me. I'm like, dang, bro. I'm trying to hey. come talk with you. Hey, pro tip, next time just pick one of them little dudes up, you know what I'm saying? It works. <laughs> that do work. You got a celebration hey. of the uh <laughs> of the year. Hey, tell hey. him he can't you can't Marvin Mims everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just that, that, was, that was one of a kind for sure. That's true. Well, he said Drake. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I might have right, to yeah. He won't go nowhere. <laughs> hey, man, I want to know. You know, I'm a little three star from Charlotte, North Carolina. So, when you got the college, did ha- did being a five star like you know, dude, what, what was that like, bro? Because me and Brayden, we had that. You know what I'm saying? So. What was it I'm like coming in there? When I first got to school, man, I, I felt like I had, just being a five-star, like, I had, like, a, a target, like, just put on me. Like, for I real? felt like the whole defense had a hit out for me. Like, oh, yeah, we about to get him because he think he good. You know what I mean? One of those type of things. And when you, you really you really have a, people expect you to live up to a whole lot. You know what I mean? Even, and I think that's anybody who has, like, a big name in, in their college, period. Like, if you're not doing that in your freshman year, they're going to be like, oh, he fell off and stuff like that. But it's up to you to put the work in and, and keep going. Like, it doesn't stop until it's over. Like, game ain't over till the clock say folks heroes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Adversity is going to hit. I mean, and you, you know that better than anybody. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to take some time to really shout you out because – and I want I say this because – I have, I've always had respect for you. You know, you always been my brother. We always been tight. You know what I'm saying? We were actually roommates your freshman year. But, you know, we, when we were both going through that injury, uh, what was the last year? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. we was both fighting and like that just gave me a newfound respect for you. You know what I'm saying? Like I always had respect for you and love for you, but that just like made, I felt like our bond a little bit yeah. closer. You know what I'm saying? We, we so like, that, we that, that lift. Getting it in before practice. That's what I'm saying, bro. So that's why, you know what I'm saying? I want to shout you out, you know what I'm saying? Because that's how you bounce back from that adversity. But three tugs, that's big time, bro. Appreciate that. That's big time. No, for sure. sure. Hey, hey, talk talk about that some more for the people who don't know. You know, what what type of injury did you go through? How long were you out? You know, that type of thing. Yeah, um, obviously my sophomore year, man, I I tore my ACL that spring. Not even – not even working out or anything. It was such a fluke incident, man. And hey, it kind of it kind of broke me a little bit, but well, like we weren't even together. Like the team wasn't even yeah. together because of COVID and stuff. So I ain't really had nobody to lean on. But like my parents and I was actually in Oklahoma. And my parents were back home, so uh, I was kind of going through it by myself before I even got back with the guys. And when I got back with the guys, it made like everything so much better. Like everything flowing and. Just being around good energy and in football itself, like it just take your mind off a lot. And uh just being there for my team, bro, like even when even when I was watching the game at home, I'm I'm cheering like I'm at the I'm at the stadium with y'all when we played away. You know what I mean? So I love to win. Like if they need my if they need me in spirit, guess what? I'm gonna be there, you know what I mean? Yeah, they sure. know they know my energy gonna travel. Hey, now listen, listen. I know, I know 
when we're playing away and Brain is not playing, that that man is all over Twitter. So were we? <laughs> were you one of those guys that would be all over Twitter when you weren't playing? I wasn't even on Twitter. I'd be on Instagram posting everybody who scored or something. Oh, so? oh. <laughs> I, I'm one of them. I'm, I'm fanboying. <laughs> I ain't talking about no refs, none of that. I ain't talking about none of that. Yo, I never forget when we played Iowa State at Iowa State last year, and after the game, I get on Twitter, and all I see this man, Braden Willis, all over my timeline, bro. Straight tweets. Like, like straight, <laughs> like, 30 tweets in a row. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, you would think he was, like, one of the reporters or something. This man was going hard. That's how I be, though. For real. Yes, uh, no, for real, though. He copied though. Like when you watch no, it on TV, real. like, man, why you didn't break out this way? But it's different when you're on the field, though. Obviously, no, yeah. no, for sure. And like, like you said, like, uh, like, you know, you being going through the injury by yourself. The, I think people need to, like, obviously, people know a little bit that we're brothers. You know what I'm saying? That we got a strong bond, but they don't really understand like how like close that you can get because we spend all day together, literally. So you yeah. know what I'm saying? So that that that's a real thing. So when we when we're showing this emotion, like when we're on like Twitter and we're all like hype for our teammates, like tweeting yeah. on the game and stuff, that's genuine, you know what I'm saying? Like that's straight genuine, you know what I'm saying? So if you can fake it, if you can fake it like that, you need to ask. No, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's funny. Jaden, man, you said you wanted to get on the podcast, bro. Is there anything you want to talk about while you're on here? Anybody you want to shout out? Anything you want to touch on? Shout out to Jay Hall and B-Will, man, for letting me come on here, man. For sure, man. Shout out to the OU Sooners because we, we like that this year, man. We coming. Uh, we got a lot of work to do, and we finna, we finna get this thing rolling. Yes, for sir. Sure. For sure, man. Look, what was I about to say? Uh, Oh, yeah, one more thing. I want to talk to you about you and, you and CD, man. I want to talk to you about yeah. the guys that came before you. Is there mm-hmm. what did, what did you learn from CD? Because I didn't get to. Did you learn anything, or or is there anything that you looked up to from him? Because I didn't get to be in that room, you know. I kid you not, bro. I, bro, I sat by CD when he was my freshman year because he was here one year. So I was like in his back pocket everywhere he went. I'm I'm there. Like if he if he if he's sitting in the front row, I'm right next to him. You know what I mean? I'm taking down the same notes, same mental notes, whatever. I'm asking questions, even route running, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just picking up little stuff. Like I'm not saying we're gonna be the same receiver, but it's it's always good to learn from somebody who's older and got more experience, especially from a dude like that who is elite. You know what I mean? So right. I got I gotta dig in his bag a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. so so CD was different. Yeah. Now speaking on that, speaking on that a little bit, I wanted to ask you. Who in the, I mean, obviously you're your own person, you know what I'm saying? But who in the league do you most like think of yourself of? Like your game kind of translates a little bit, you know? Like it's kind of similar a little bit. I say the hop. That's what I try to model my game after. Uh, we kind of okay. big, lengthy. Don't drop the ball, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you can cut that speed on when you need to, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. But yeah, I try All to model right. my game after him, man, because he don't drop the ball, bro. No, he don't. He got them stickies on him. Yeah. No, sure. I like that. That's that's a a. Hey, that's a that's good comparison. A good yeah, it really is though. It is. Yeah. I like. We that gotta one. be realistic. I ain't gonna be like, yeah, I want to be Ty- Tyreek Hill. 
You know what? And and hey, that, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people do got to be realistic. And I'm not saying like anybody on our team, but like just in general, like people think that, like you know, they could be Tyreek or they could do some of the stuff that Keith do, or you know what I'm saying, that Jet do. I mean, you know, just them guys got that gift. Some guys don't got the speed. You know what I'm saying? It's just not happening sometimes. So you got to be real with yourself. For sure. For sure. And I, I like how you say, you know, you, you're trying to get them nuggets out of a uh, CD because I'm I'm still dropping nuggets to Braden every single day. You know what I'm saying? On these really? <laughs> Man, I'm still trying. I, I'm still trying to pick them nuggets yeah, up, I'm man. Drop each other nuggets. Apparently, something J-Hall's doing is working. That boy been in the box four times. I'm trying to pick up yeah. every nugget I can. Oh, boy. Big sacrifices over here, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, well, Jaden, bro, that's all the time we got. We appreciate you for coming on, man. Appreciate you, man. No, most definitely, man. It was a pleasure. All right, man. I'll be easy. All right, Sooner Nation, we're going to end things a little bit different this time around. Instead of our normal listener-submitted questions, we're going to have a quick discussion on something that has recently been near and dear to my heart. Many of you all have seen me wear a shirt that says Justice for Julius Jones this past weekend prior to us playing TCU. Uh, Today, I have two special guests with me, Irv Rowland and Jimmy Lawson. I'm going to let these guys talk a little bit about why I was wearing that shirt, uh, the situation that's at hand here and here in our backyard in Oklahoma, and just make sure that you guys are knowledgeable about what I have chosen to be a part of and represent and promote on this channel as well as my Twitter platform. So, uh, Irv, start us off, man. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, where you're from, um, how you're connected to Julius, and uh, just let the people know who you are real quick. Yeah, uh, briefly, man, I'm uh, born and raised in Oklahoma City, uh, Midwest City to be exact, lifelong Sooner fan, uh, currently an assistant coach with the Utah Jazz. But I um, I grew up with Julius Jones as well as Jimmy Lawson, who's a guest as well, um, playing against him in basketball and stuff like that growing up. And uh, this is something that – you know, I have been vocal about um, because I know, you know, the parties involved, the people involved. So um, first off, I, you know, I want to thank you and um, and Kennedy for representing this past weekend. Uh, you guys being younger and coming from where we come from in Oklahoma, there's so many people that don't agree with, uh, you know, with our stance. And, you know, I saw, I saw some stuff on social media and immediately, you know, I'm defending y'all because I saw people, you know, making comments about, you know, what about the victim's family and stuff like that. Well, Julius was, uh, and I'll let Jimmy talk about it further, but Julius was falsely accused uh, of a murder in 1999. He was framed for a murder uh, by, by a young man named Christopher Jordan at the time who's gone on record and admitted that he framed him. And, um, you know, for me, I think it's important that people know that Julius didn't receive a fair trial in 1999. And for so many people that are asking the question, um, you know, what about Paul Howell, uh, the victim? You know, we believe that justice for Julius is also justice for Paul Howell because executing Julius Jones doesn't give that family justice. Executing the wrong person 
Um, I don't think you should execute anyone, but that's my belief. But executing the wrong person definitely doesn't do any justice for that family. For sure. For sure, man. Thank you for for coming on to the podcast again. Um, Mr. Lawson, Mr. Jimmy Lawson, man, you told me prior to us coming on that that you were best friends with Julius and have been so far growing up, man. Tell tell us about yourself and, and your relationship with him. Yeah, sure, man. First first and foremost, I want to thank you uh, and your comrades, man, for allowing us to be on your show today and for y'all rocking out the Justice for Julius shirts and, and being on board with the movement. Uh, from Oklahoma City, man, uh, John Marshall High School, me and Julius Jones have been best friends for over 30 years now. Uh, Irv was one of our, our teammates, man. We used to play basketball against each other. And with and with each other, so we have a long history, man. He's a he's an amazing guy. So I appreciate Irv connecting us together. Um, yeah. So a little bit about uh, Julius Jones and, and why he's such a special man and why he has a connection uh, to you all. As you know, he was an OU student uh, in '98, '99. So when we came out of high school, the special thing about Mr. Jones was that. He was one and still is one of the smartest men uh, that I know. This this gentleman, man, got like a 29 or 30 on his ACT coming out of high school. So he was the first African-American male out of Oklahoma City to ever receive a full academic scholarship to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, so that was unprecedented. We, we kind of joke around because OU campus today looks vastly different than it did 22 years ago. Uh, so, you know, he broke the mold, if you will, for a non-athlete, you know, walking on the campus of OU. So in 99, uh, we had a high school teammate that we played ball with that was everything opposite of what me and Julius was. So both we, we were very blessed. We both had mom and dads in our household. Uh, he and I were the only two African-American males to graduate in the top 10 percent of our class. We both had 3.95 GPAs coming out of high school. Uh, so we were very, we were very blessed to be able to, um, you know, kind of break the mold for what a student athlete looked like. So we had a, a guy named Christopher Jordan that was one of our teammates that in the summer of 1999, a gentleman by the name of Paul Howe gets murdered in Edmond, Oklahoma. And Christopher Jordan kind of swoops in Julius into this ordeal. Now, mindful at the time, they didn't have anything linking to Julius to the scene. So it was all Christopher Jordan about how he was corroborating this, this magical story of how Julius was supposed to be involved. Uh, and the unique, unique thing about the 1990s is that Oklahoma County had one of the highest conviction death row rates in America. And he put 54 people to death in a 12-year span and 23 out of those 54 have now been overturned uh, as wrong, wrongfully convicted. So he had a huge margin of error. Uh, and that played a huge factor about how they were able to build this wrongful conviction case against Julius Jones. Uh, and if you think about everything that could go wrong in the case, it did go wrong. We had an original attorney that passed away about two months before the original trial started. We had two public defenders that were straight out of law school that had zero experience. Uh, and then we had a atmosphere in Oklahoma County that was very one-sided when it came to African-American males versus white males. So 
it was the perfect storm, if you will, uh, of how they built this wrongful conviction case against Mr. Jones. So that happens in 99. He gets convicted in 2002. Uh, and then we go into the appeal process for the next 14 years. We were fighting at the local appellate level, trying to have our voice heard. Here's what I learned, Jeremiah, is that the system is designed for you to get in. And it's almost an act of God to get you out because the way the protocols are set up for the appellate court, they won't allow you to introduce new evidence right, for a new possibility of a new trial. So it's like a catch-22. How can we get a new trial if we can't put in the new evidence? So it's kind of a, a tricky way to keep people who were wrongfully convicted in that particular position. So unfortunately, over the past 14 years, we go through all of our three Oklahoma appeals. Of course, they were denied. Uh, and then around 2015 was kind of the turning point where the state of Oklahoma were resuming executions. They had a gentleman who botched at that time. And that was, in my opinion, that was the grace of God because that was the moment that they were able to stop executions, put a moratorium on them, and then allow us to have an opportunity to bump it to Revival Davis. So the documentary uh, that we shot that aired in 2018 called The Last Defense, shot by Viola Davis, was our saving grace. That was our moment because at that point in time, Jeremiah, we were back against the wall with no opportunities. Uh, and then the show hits. We were able to tell our side of the story. Uh, and that made a tremendous difference. That took it from, you know, no visibility to a, a ultimate local level of visibility and a national visibility as well. So now, you know, you got the spotlight on this particular case. And Julius finally has his opportunity to have his voice heard. Man, thank you. Thank you for for that, Jimmy, man. I, there's some information in there that I didn't even know about. So, Jimmy, Irv, either one of you can hit on this. Where are we at right now? You know, where are we at with the case? Um, what can our listeners do? Sure. Uh, so, in October of 2019, we found a a application for commutation, which is a fancy word for, hey, thank you for your time served. Uh, we'll have you an opportunity to be released. So we found that in October 2019. Had the first stage hearing in March of 2020. Uh, we March of 2021, excuse me. Uh, we passed that, which was historical because no death row inmate has ever made it past first stage of a commutation on death row. So that was history. And then in September of this year, two months ago, well, last month, on September the 13th, we had our stage two hearing, uh, which was the final stage of having him approved to be released. Now, mindful, the partner and parole board is set up to provide a decision, and then the ultimate decision lands on the hands of Governor Stitt. So we were successful with a 3-1 vote in Julius Jones's favor for commutation requests. So and now it is in the hands of Governor Stitt. A few weeks ago, he decided to take no action uh, on the top commutation request, which was uh, a surprise to, to everybody, surprising me and the family, and of course to Julius Jones. Uh, what he did was is that the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals set and confirmed execution dates for seven death row inmates, Julius Jones being one of them. 
he is scheduled for November the, November the 18th for execution date. So by law, 20 days before that, you get an automatic clemency hearing, which is a fancy word for this is your last chance to tell your side of the story. And if we like it, we'll provide some relief. So that is coming up on October the 26th, uh, which is next week. So we're at this moment now where we'll have this last opportunity. Julius Jones will be able to speak to the part of parole board, which has never happened in 22 years. So he'll finally get a chance to sell, tell his side of the story, which is going to be amazing. Uh, and then they'll vote. If they vote in favor, then it goes right back to Governor Stitt again uh, for his final approval. This time, though, you know, we're against the clock. So we're looking at between October the 28th to November the 18th. He has to make a decision. So basically, the pardon and parole board has already voted to provide some relief, but the governor has decided to make for them to make the decision again at the clemency hearing. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. You know, and, and it's really it's really interesting because Governor Sitt has the sole power, uh, you know, to do whatever he needs to do on their behalf, but he decided to defer it back to another secondary clemency hearing which is very similar to what we just did uh, on September the 13th. So we're kind of repeating, if you will, the whole process again. We feel very confident that the board is going to vote the same way they did the first time in favor, and then it goes right back to Governor Stitt. Yeah, that sounds like it only makes sense for, for the board to make that same decision that they made before. So it sounds like to me that everything is on the governor at this point. So... If uh, you're a Sooner fan and and you care about this case as much as I do, the call to action would be to get our governor's attention for him to free Julius. I think it's about time for our governor to step up and make a decision. Um, I don't think it's fair to delay a man's life and leave it in limbo. That's why I felt the need to bring it on this podcast today. Irv. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for taking the time to explain um, a, a situation that needs to be heard, a situation that that didn't have a voice but now does. And I've I've hope I played my part in in helping you guys uh, reach out to the public and 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 uh, get that voice even more that that you guys have have wanted. Nah, we appreciate you guys, man. Um, you know, I know we're in the Bible Belt, but um... You know, if anybody, you know, is, is uh, believes in prayer that watches this podcast, we ask that you do that for Julius, for his family, uh, for all his supporters. Keep them strong. Keep them fighting in the streets. And we appreciate everybody. Sooner Nation, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting this podcast. I will continue to step up for things that I believe in. As long as I have this platform, man, you'll hear about football, my life, and pretty much everything else me and Braden got going on, man. Uh, once again, we love you. We thank you. Please, please, please continue to spread the word about Julius and tag Governor Stan on everything that you can. It is well appreciated. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. We're out. <laughs>